you were never afraid. You were always transparent. You said what was on your mind. <laughs> Too you much. didn't back away, <laughs> but, you, but you didn't back away. But it's right. allowed you right. to take those chances in the business world as yeah. well. And that's there's a reason why I am athlete. And all the things that you're touching right now have exploded because you're not afraid. That's right. And I want to go oh, down man. that line. Yeah, Let's yeah. go down the line of the entrepreneurial spirit. Wow. It, I, mean, I just got goosebumps thinking about that. And I was just like, man, fear, you know, actually flying out here to the Super Bowl because we're in it right now. Um, you know, opening up our Dallas location, Tampa. Uh, we have a, a show, I Am Athlete. We're launching another show in two weeks called I Am Athlete Tonight, where it's a five-day-a-week show. Mm. And we got some other things happening. Mm. It's just so much going on. And I was like, man, if you you can be – you you have to really meet fear. Like, you really have to yeah. deal with and, and, and learn how to deal with fear. You know, it happens, but the ones that can't deal with it, they, they should never, ever – become an entrepreneur or try, even try. Like entrepreneur and fear goes together. All right, and welcome to the One Shot Podcast. We are here at the Super Bowl, uh, partnered with Sleep Number. And uh, man, today, We've I'm been, excited for we've this. We've been time. talking about this for two years yeah. about getting this guy on. True. Uh, you, it's been your fault. Yeah, it has been. It's been your fault the it whole time. We're going to blame you. Y'all play together and you can't get them all. Been friends. Yeah, so I've been Work together, do business <laughs> together. <laughs> I've been telling you guys that that's my best friend on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there'll be a different story coming from him. <laughs> he doesn't even have your number saved, I'll bet. I'll bet. <laughs> like, hey, this is Brandon every time I call. <laughs> but uh, y'all know him from the I Am Athlete podcast. Uh Easily, probably the fastest growing mm -hmm. media content surrounding athletes and just and just like culture, right? It's a, he created this podcast, brought on some guys, and it has absolutely yeah. exploded because of the depth that y'all go, the guests that you get on, and man, just the the conversations, the yeah. real, raw, transparent conversations. Mm -hmm. So we have, uh, I mean, we got two future future. I'm in my opinion, two future Hall of Famers oh, wow. sitting in between. Sandwiched maybe, in between maybe three, wow. maybe three, three at yeah. this table. I'm the Lone Ranger here. <laughs> Dude, Abilene, Abilene Christian Hall of Fame doesn't count. Right? <laughs> but uh, we got Brandon Marshall sitting with us. And, man, thank you for taking the time. I know yeah. this week is crazy busy, but, man, I appreciate you adjusting and uh, right, sitting right. down with us. Listen, we're here with Sleep Number. If you get your sleep, man, you can manage this week. Yes, yes. right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we know what we love sleep week number. Yeah. No, this is this is awesome, man. I appreciate you guys inviting me. This whole setup is I think you guys have the best setup out of everybody here at Radio Row. This is pretty cool. It's it it's legit, man. Sleep they did, they did a good job. Yeah, right. We're gonna finish the interview. There's a, a bed two bays down. We're right. just gonna lay down a spoon and finish the rest of the episode. <laughs> Let's do so, it. I call middle. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, but Brandon, man, hey, I, I had the pleasure of playing with you in Chicago, um, and then obviously watched your career, and you did some amazing things on the field. I mean, things that I have never seen anybody else do in person. And and so I mean honored to have he's played with you. No, it's true. No, story. he's not. I watched it too, bro. True Please. story. Yeah, yeah, it's a true story. And I mean, I saw you do stuff when you and Peanut used to go against. Oh each other, man, man, legendary. I mean, in Peanut, you know, in, in terms of a corner, Peanut Tillman, Charles Tillman, you know, the Peanut Punch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is is as tall a corner as you probably get in the yep. league. There's a couple guys that may be mm -hmm. a little bit longer, yep. but 
uh, man, the stuff that y'all used to do, man, I'm like, how do these guys do this? Man? <laughs> yeah, bro, it was, that awesome. was so fun to watch. It was it was legendary. Uh, Peanut and you know, Champ Bailey, uh, he was one of those guys. You had uh, Vontae Davis. He yeah. was young. Mm-hmm. I was entering into being a vet. Uh, this was my fourth year. Uh, I had some legendary battles, even Darrell Revis towards the end of our careers, mm-hmm. and yeah. and it was the same. It was the same type of uh, approach and the same practices. Mm-hmm. I mean, Darrell Reeves and I shut down practice. But Peanut, the reason why I love uh, going against Peanut is because, you know, I wanted to get the best of him every day. He wanted to get the best of me every day. And, and there was a little bit of, like, we didn't like each other, yeah. mm, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't until, like, halfway through the year when I first got there, it was like, oh, you're actually a cool dude, right? Right. <laughs> but we used to get after it, and I felt like it made, you know, uh, the, the practices a little bit more competitive and brought a little bit more juice, but it was yeah. awesome. So what are those practices? I know you, you were competitive in those practices. What do you think that did to some of the younger guys that were coming, the rookies that were coming up, watching the two best players on the team compete at that level? It set the example, you know, like it, it, it trips me out now and I go to high school football games, my nephew's games, and, you know, they'll walk off the field or they're walking in between lines. Like when, how we grew up, you know, our generation, that that wasn't allowed, right. not by a coach or a veteran player. That's not allowed. So I think – Setting the tempo and, 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 and making sure everyone knows this is how it goes. You know, George O'Leary was my college coach, right? So I had some old school, you know, coaching. And, you know, I still was in that way where, you know, not only did I catch the ball, I could five-yard hitch route, but I also finished 20 yards upfield. Mm-hmm. And then I also jogged all the way back, mm-hmm. right? Like there's just a, a level. There's a standard. And, um, you know, I, I feel like it's missing a little bit in, in today's game. But – that's what it did for the younger guys. It set the standards how you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Rod Woodson, when I first got in the, in the league, my OG, Rod Woodson was like, young man, like, you'll never beat me in, a, in, a, in, in, in gassers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rod Woodson was in his 12th year. I was in my first year. And he made it his business to never, ever let me win in the gas. And I was faster than Rod. I was stronger than Rod. Mm-hmm. I was younger than Rod. And he beat me wow. every single offseason, every rep, every gasser. Man, I – I, right now, this game, right, everything is and as it should be, right? We've, we've advanced scientifically and understanding the human yep. body, how recovery works. And, and, and there's, there's got to be that balance between, okay, hey, look, we've got to dig deeper and we've got to push ourselves to a limit that we couldn't go before. That's right. You can't just recover all the time, right? right. You've got to break, break down a little bit right. to become stronger. And Darren talks about it all the time, right? Hearing about the 90s Cowboys practices. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, he talks about no joke, and everybody says it, but I believe it. In Dallas, like, practices were way harder oh, yeah. than uh, games were. Jimmy? Yeah. Yes. Under and, Jimmy, yeah, absolutely. And oh it was. Goodness. It was just – you know what? I, I want to go back – because we can talk about the history of how hard those practices were, but it speaks to the individual as well because the same type of mentality that certain individuals – I'm not going to say everybody at practice had this mindset, right, that of, I'm going to compete to the highest level. Right. But there were certain individuals. I dealt with Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith and uh, the Troy Aikmans and Daryl Johnson. And I say these names, and, and, I, and this is why I say these specific names, is because these are the same guys that when they, they, they how they practice in, 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 in practice, how they played in the games, it's translated to that entrepreneurial side of their life. Wow. And that speaks directly right. to you, too, because you were never afraid. You were always transparent. <laughs> You said what was on your mind. <laughs> you much. didn't back away, but you, but you didn't back away. But it's right. allowed you right. to take those chances in the business world as yeah. well. And that's there's a reason why I am athlete and all the things that you're touching right now 
have exploded because you're not afraid. That's right. And I want to go oh, down man. that line. Yeah, Let's yeah. go down the line of the entrepreneurial spirit. Wow. It, I, mean, I just got goosebumps thinking about that, and I was just like, man, fear. You know, actually flying out here to the Super Bowl because we're in it right now. Um, you know, opening up our Dallas location, Tampa. Uh, we have a, a show, I Am Athlete. We're launching another show in two weeks called I Am Athlete Tonight, where it's a five-day-a-week show. Mm. And we got some other things happening. Mm. It's just so much going on. And I was like, man, if you you can be you, – you have to really meet fear. Like, you really have to yeah. deal with and, and, and learn how to deal with fear. You know, it happens, but the ones that can't deal with it, they, they should never, ever – become an entrepreneur or try, even try mm-hmm. like entrepreneur and fear goes together yes right but you it's how you deal with it man like there's sometimes i wake up every day like oh my goodness like i'm fearful like mm-hmm. how do i how am i going to get to the next week how am i going to get through this challenge right i've never even been through something like this i've played football my entire life and then you just keep getting up you keep getting up keep getting up you got to find a solution you got to find a way if you're not willing to go through that, then you should never, ever even think about becoming an entrepreneur, right? Because this phase right here, you, you eventually you break through mm-hmm. because you have the reps, right? Like, yeah, w- I grew up playing ball. I started playing ball when I was six years old. So there's so many reps I got. I know how it feels to be hit. I know how it feels to get hit, hit the ground and get back up. Or I know how it feels to be injured and in the, the, the rehab process. I know that I have so many reps there in business. These are fresh reps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this feels a little, you know how yeah. it is. It's like, it's yeah. like a little rookie, harder. It's like your yeah. rookie year, right? Like all you're oh, worried man. about is like, I just got to learn how to line up. Like right. where do I go to line up in this scheme? Or, hey, how do I run? Where do I stop my route? Right. Yeah. And then you're like, and you're looking at these guys who have been in the league six, seven, eight years. And you're like, man, I, I'll never get to that understanding this game. And then second year, you're like, all right, I'm comfortable with the right. offense now. Mm-hmm. And I understand it. And then third year, you're like, all right, now I see the whole defense. I understand what you're doing. I can, I can predict it. And it just happens. But you're in that. I wouldn't say rookie because, I, man, I, I've, I've worked alongside you. Right. And, and you have a vision and you understand it. Yep. But that fear thing is yeah. big, man. Big. And look, for entrepreneurs, and when you say, hey, look, if you can't do it, don't, don't be an entrepreneur. It's okay if you can't handle right. that, man. It's because, not for everybody. Because, listen, it takes a team to do it. Mm-hmm. It takes a team of people I don't necessarily have to be the entrepreneur and take the risks, yep, yep, right? Yep. But I can go kill it doing doing another role, playing another role. We have to we have to understand our roles, and, and that's the thing it, that right now what's happening in sports. Everyone's a brand, mm-hmm. you know, and it's brand first, team second, and then and in just the world and business, everyone's an entrepreneur. Yeah, but you got to really define what entrepreneur is, and, and and you have to really understand that because it's tough. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur right now. Like, that's right. the sexy thing, that's, right? Bro, that's oh my the goodness. sexy thing. Gary Vee. Uh, Didn't you guys yeah. have Gary Vee on your yes. show? Yes. How was that? Yeah. It, was, it was intense. It he was hasn't been on your show? He hasn't no. Been? No. no. Wow, you got to get <laughs> Gary Vee on your show, man. Oh, I'm surprised yeah. he hasn't been yeah. on that's your show. That's one thing we're beating I Am Athlete on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you, you said something a second ago. You talked about fear. And I think that's refreshing for somebody like me to hear because I see I Am Athlete and how it exploded. I see House of Athlete and how it's taken off. I see your career and just how awesome it was. It's good to know, no offense, but it's good to know that you do go through these things. Oh, my goodness. And it's good to know that you do struggle the same way that everybody does. Because yeah, yeah. people listening to this podcast are not athletes yeah. for the most part. Not, right? not everybody. Not yeah, everybody. They may think right. they are. Right? right. So, <laughs> so but, and it's hard to relate. It's hard to see somebody with so much success and think, oh, he struggles just like me? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, you know, there's a, another show I'm developing. It's just called This is House of Athletes. And it's basically behind the scenes of how we're building this. So I've been filming for about two mm. years now. 
So we have a lot of content, and uh, we're, we're just going to find a home for it. So that's why I haven't released it. But I feel like more people need to see that yes. process. Like, yes. Like, I don't want to wait until we're sitting on the mountaintop in five years. And it's like, oh, look at us. Look at our company's worth, and look at all the amazing people that we've blessed. I don't want to do that. I want you to see it now. I want you to see the good, the bad, the ugly right now. So you understand that it is tough, man. There's, I call it like a entrepreneur uh, roller coaster. You know, like today, can you know, Sirius XM can come say, hey, we got this seven-figure deal. We really want to work with you, right? And then the next day, you got five employees like, I hate it here. I'm leaving. It's like, what? Like, oh, no, I need you right now. Don't leave. Yes. Right? So it's like this roller coaster. And, and I mean, you could be at the mountaintop one day, and the yeah. next day you could be in the valley. And how do you deal with those abs and flows, yeah. right? So that's... That's been the most interesting thing for me and probably um, the toughest transition. Yeah. Toughest part of the transition for me is like managing people and working yeah. with people in this realm of life. I want to take a quick minute to talk about our partner, Choctaw Casino and Resort. Uh, we are really, really humbled uh, and grateful to be a partner for them. If you've listened to the show for any amount of time, uh, you've heard how great the resort is there, how great the casino is, the new expansion. They've doubled in size, 3,000 new slots. They've got unbelievable sports bar. They've got unbelievable restaurants, unbelievable movie theaters, arcades for kids. It is endless, the things that they've not only improved but added. Um, but it's just an the, the experience that they provide is second to none. Choctaw Nation has done an incredible job with the community, with philanthropy, with support. Um, they have just done incredible things. So we are extremely humbled and grateful to partner with Choctaw Casino and Resort. Make sure, I know you know it, but it's just a short drive of 75. Go check them out. And now back to the episode. Yeah, so, so I think that's a perfect segue because we want to talk a little bit about transition because uh, – Unlike unlike you, and, and and I know that you feel like you're hey, if I'm going to look at myself, uh, man, I struggle with the transition too. Right. You know, if people will look at me and be like, man, you got in a, in, a, in a business and you're doing well and you're doing great. It was easy for you. Nah, man, it's really, behind the scenes, it's really hard. That right. transition oh, for man. athletes. So not, you know, not dissimilar to military, not dissimilar to, you know, executives yeah. that have this identity wrapped up in what they've done for so long and what they've known. So let, I want to go into that because – I want to talk about transition. I want to talk about identity. But what I feel like gets you through those tough times, those ebbs and flows, those yep. roller coasters, is is having a sense of purpose. And you established a very clear purpose, yep. uh, 2011 and 12. That's right. That's right? right. So you yep. went through something. So talk through really, in, in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, but there's a foundational like mindset of service. Yes. You. Like I want to be able to make people's lives better or help people make their own lives better. Right. So walk us through 2010 and kind of really how that laid the foundation yep. for the purpose for your transition out of football. Right. All right. Yeah. I think, um, man. So the goal is to, to, to understand your purpose and find your purpose. Right. And, and, and to live a purpose filled life. And so um, it takes time. Um, it's tough, but you got to You got it. You got to fight your butt off to f figure out what that is. Because once you do that, man, life is so much smoother and easier. It's like rewarding. I wouldn't say smoother and easier. It's just rewarding. You know, understanding that you know you're making the world better. You're making the community around you better. Uh, so go back to 2010, 2011. My life was a living hell. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 part of the reason why is because my identity was wrapped up in the game. I couldn't even I didn't know how to control my emotions because it wasn't about the business. It was more personal for me. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, you're taking food off my table. 
whether it's a player on my team, <laughs> a player on another team, a general manager, a coach, a owner, didn't matter, right? And I didn't understand how to control my emotions. I didn't understand how to communicate. I didn't know how to operate within a team, function within a team, right? And even off the field, it was the same thing. My interpersonal relationships, a living hell, right? So 2011, I'm playing for the Miami Dolphins, just traded from the Denver Broncos, and I just couldn't control my tongue. I would go in, I'm like, man, I'm mature enough. I'm like, man, I'm tired of arguing and bickering with teammates or coaches, you know, media talking about me. I'm just going to just come in, do my job, and not say anything. And uh, it was a game, and I knew the coaches were going to say something terrible, and the, and the guy said something, I just went off. In the lock, were you in the locker room at this time? No, we were in the in the in meeting room. Oh, in the meeting no, this room. No, is, this, is, this, is, this is the Monday. The so Monday, okay. Sunday. Right. This is Monday. Now we're okay. reviewing film, okay? Mm -hmm. We're going through Sunday, okay? Mm -hmm. And so I came in. I said, I'm not going to say anything. I know it's going to be something, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to say anything because I don't want it to go left, right? I end up saying, saying something, and I just remember going in the bathroom like, oh, my goodness, like, I can't control myself, mm. right? Mm. And I went to Ricky Williams, and I said, Ricky, do you think I'm bipolar? And Ricky said, no, Brandon. <laughs> this is Ricky's voice. <laughs> he said, no, Brandon, I don't think you're bipolar. I just think you say all the things that we want to say but shouldn't say. <laughs> and the reason why that was important because I just got to Miami. Remember, Run, Ricky, Run just yeah. came out the year yep. before. I think that was 2010. So Run Ricky Run just came came uh, came out. That's a thirty for thirty on Ricky Williams, and on ESPN. Now in that in that film, Ricky Williams it, it, it highlights it. It shows. I mean, they're 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 showing you know this this journey that he was on. This is Ricky Williams just uh, signed a huge deal, millions of dollars. He left that on the table, went to Australia, living in the yeah. tent. Mm -hmm. But there was a moment right where went. I'm dressed. Just I went to his premiere. I'm dressed in a nice little suit. My wife is with me. Right. And I'm sitting there in this beautiful theater, and then halfway through the dock, you know, Ricky left, like, Australia, went to McLean Hospital, and he's sitting down with this guy. Mm -hmm. This guy is Dr. Gunderson. I'm like, dang, I know that guy, right? And so it, now we're looking at the, you know, his journey at McLean Hospital, and now he's introducing mental health, this conversation mm -hmm. of mental health. And I'm like, I know that guy. And I left, and I just kept thinking, I know that guy, I know that guy. Well, that was the guy the NFL sent me to – Two years before, mm. I just flew out to Waltham, Massachusetts, for an hour. I flew into town and I sat down with him. And we just had a conversation, mm. and that was it. And I left. So a couple years later, I'm looking at was that the guy that helped Ricky Williams? Maybe that's the guy that can help me. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, so that off season, I end up flying out to you know Waltham, Massachusetts, McLean Hospital, number two psychiatric hospital in the entire world. Mm. And I was I would go out there once a month. Right. Mm -hmm. And then halfway through, he's like, Brent, I think you need a more intense uh, program. Mm -hmm. So I think you need to stay out here. Mm -hmm. And I stayed out there for three months and it was like college campus for me. Nine to five. I was on campus. I was in self-assessment. I was in dialectical behavior wow. therapy. I was in mentalization therapy. I was in cognitive behavior therapy. I did a clinical evaluation the first day. I did a neurological evaluation the first the, sec the first day. Like, I, I mean, it was most it was one of the most phenomenal experience I've ever had. Within three months, my life totally transformed. Before that, I gave my life to Christ, but things were still happening, mm -hmm. right? And then it wasn't until I actually sat down and did the work, and then it was like, oh. And then God just started really yeah. showing up in a mm -hmm. radical way for me. So that's when, you know, things changed for me. And now, 
I'm sitting here living a purpose-filled life. Like it's like everything I do, even on the media side, House of Athletes side, is only to push to this one thing. Like my goal is to give away $400 million to the mental health community. Mm. And that was because like big corporations and companies, I'm like, man, do you see what's happening in the mental health space? Like people need help. Yeah. And I was like, we need help over here. And nobody would find it. I was like, well, all right, what the hell? I'll just go make my own money. Yeah. Uh, how much of that had to do with receptivity and, and your your willingness in that moment mm, to say, this is, this is something that I need to change? Had you maybe gone through that two, three, four years earlier, maybe the results are different. Right. So for you, how much of that was played into it of, no, this is something that needs to change for me? Oh, man, it was everything. That, it starts with that. If, if you're out there and you're struggling or if you know, you know if someone is struggling, the only way to get through it is if you look yourself in the mirror, if that person looks himself in the mirror and says, I want this. Mm. That's it. Mm. You can't be right. resentful. Actually, when I was there, I was there for three months. The first month and a half, to the T, I was resistant. Mm -hmm. I was pushing. I was mm -hmm. pushing. It was everybody else's fault. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until I wasn't going. He hates when I tell this story, but it was the first time he talked to me like this. My therapist talked to me as if I was like as if he was my coach. Mm -hmm. And he was like, "Why is it everybody else's fault? It's everybody else's fault." Like, man, bro, I'm thinking you're supposed to listen to me. I'm laying on the couch. I'm on the couch. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. I got my feet up. Like, that's what they do in the movies. Like, where, where did you, you know, go to school? And, and, and he's like, control what you can control. Everybody else is for it. And it clicked for me. Mm. Right. And I don't know if it was because that's what I was used to and I was trained that way. Someone, you know, on me and intense and just mm. no beating around the bush. But that's when it clicked. And then in the second half is when I just start taking off, man. I just start reading more. I start leaning into all the material. And you have to be receptive to it. You know, that's the only way. That's why you see a lot of these guys, you can sit down with them right away and be like, oh, they're not ready. Right. Because like, you can hear it, the language. You got to be ready. Yeah. And that's my favorite thing about you and listening to all your shows and your interviews is how insightful you are and how, how uh, internal you internalize things. You, you know right. yourself really, really well. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that's been a long, slow process over time. Were you always like that? Were you always an insightful person? And yeah. it just, you just didn't know how to manifest it? Yeah. Or is that something you've had to work at over the years? I think it was probably the first, like, the first part, like, I, you know, not being able to manifest it. Because, you know, as an athlete, you know, we're always inside of our own heads and, yeah. and feeling like where are we at today, you know, and it's like how do you channel that? I didn't know how to do that. And, 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 and I was a product of my environment. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You know, my town, East, East Liberty, is the poorest town in, in all of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, it's a couple miles out. From you know back in the day, Three River Stadium. Oh yeah, like Three River yeah. Stadium is Heinz now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's the North Side downtown. But over there, like I got people that's never been to downtown Pittsburgh, and it's only a couple miles away. And so when you think about that neighborhood, man, it run down. My father was a drug dealer. You know, there's a lot of crime. You know, so like I grew up with that mentality. In our neighborhoods, we're 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 raised and 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 taught and molded to survive, not thrive. Right. And yeah. part of those survival mo modes is like that's like a that's a call for help. Yeah. That's like oh, screaming, oh. like no, what's wrong? Yeah. Talk about your emotions. Like yeah. you hurt my feelings. Yeah. We're not gonna yeah. say that in the hood. Yeah. Right. You, if yeah. I say that in the hood, man, I could, I could oh, get beat up. You hurt my feelings. Like, oh, we hurt Brandon. You back down. Well, well, here we go. Yeah. Right. Well, not yeah. only can you say that in your neighborhood, you can't say that on the field either Bro. in the locker room. So everywhere you go. There's no outlet for this. People thought I was so weird when I got back. Like, even Jay Cut. Like, you know, I was with Jay Cutler uh, the first four years in Denver. Uh, and, and he, so he saw, he saw the, the, the young B, yeah. the immature B, mm -hmm. the problem B. 
And then when I when we regrouped in Chicago, Jay was just sitting back. I was in Bible study. I was like, hey, guys, I want to come to Bible study. No, don't talk like that. Here's difficult conversations. And it was like, man, this ain't real. You know what I mean? It's like, this ain't real. I don't know what this Brandon Marshall That's is. That's opposite, oh. opposite of Jay, right? Like, right. Jay is just like this, right? Yeah. Like, I ain't showing anything. Right. But, right. but what I love, though, man, is the courage. And maybe it took those three months going through just intense focus on yourself. But, man, the courage to step out because in sports, all of sports, right, right people may have talked about it, like the Ricky Williams documentary. It was like kind of like, okay, we'll sprinkle a little bit of it here, a yeah. little bit there. Yeah. But someone to really just come out and just be a champion for it, yeah. no one had done that. Yeah. Right. No one had normalized the conversation around mental health. And then really when, when you were in Chicago and started the foundation, man, and getting it out there and using the platform to say, hey, look – we have to talk about this. Right, yes, right, you right, may right. think we're gladiators on the field, man, but we're little kids at home yeah. and in our mind. Like, we've got a lot of maturing to do because, like Ben said, on the field, you have to be a gladiator to the dude next to you. Like, you, right. you've got to show mm-hmm. – when you can be a team and you can be transparent, you can be authentic and say, hey, man, I'm struggling with this. Then that's when, dude, think about that's, the that's, tight that's when knit. That's when it happens. When the team yeah. becomes that, right? right? Or, or you do a ton of drugs – uh, and, and and stuff like that. Like they the did the 90s. Yeah, the the 90s. Hey, it's all good. White House. One of the also. two. Yeah. There's two options. Yeah, but, you listen. but they were together. They were, they were, they were doing together. it together. We did it all together, man. But hey, listen. I, I was at ESPN at the time when you were going through this transition. So right. the only and I didn't know you personally, Brandon. So what does you were you were disruptive to the sports world altogether, right? Because what we knew at ESPN and everyone that was broadcasting and the games and all was. This dude's a superstar, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how superstars are, you know, they act a certain way. Right. So when you went through this transition of, of this guy that was volatile, right. and then you, you know, he came back, and I said the same thing. When you went to Chicago, I was like, who is this? I'm on this set going, I don't know him. Right. I don't know who this dude is because he's in front of the camera. He's talking a little different. He's slick. Right. Pittsburgh kid, he's slick. He's, he's got a, an agenda. But right. things change, and you brought it to light, man. Right. And, I, and, and I'm so proud to be sitting here next to you, man, because you were vulnerable at that yeah. time. You didn't care what, what the media was saying, whether it be ESPN, CBS, all the big networks. You brought it to, to light. And I think that was the first time I really saw it. Wow. Yeah. And now you're starting to see more players come out, man. Yep. So, so we appreciate you so much just for being vulnerable at that time. No, I appreciate it. And that's where it starts. It starts with vulnerability. And it was scary. I had no clue what I was taking on. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone um, advised against it. My publicist at the time, my well, my agent didn't really. He's like, man, I, I believe in you. Yeah, but right. you can see it in his eyes. Like, you know, this is this is tough sledding here. Um, I just went out there because it was my experience, man, being there. Like, I, there was literally days where I went and smile, I went and talk. That's the stuff that we didn't see, the isolation, the depression, mm-hmm. right, and sitting there never be, not being able to tell my loved ones I love them, like right. literally, mm-hmm. right? There was nothing there. And so being there for three months and then all of a sudden I'm at, like, baseball. Like, that was big for me, go to a baseball game mm-hmm. and enjoy it. Like, it was just train, go home. Yep. One of my buddies came, Max. Max Crosby, the legend. Um, One of my buddies uh, came to my house. I just bought this $4.1 million home in in, in Florida, right? This is when I got my first big deal. Bill Parcells was like, don't buy that house, Rosie. Don't buy that house. I bought it anyway. I was like, you're going to learn. You're going to learn. Right. (laughs) Ten years later, I was like, yeah, you probably was right. But uh, so I'm sitting in this house, man. I had a theater. I had a 
uh, a full court basketball, uh, full court basketball uh, court in the back, um, this beautiful pool, everything. And my buddy came down to train with me. And he's like, bro, I've been down here three weeks and you haven't left the house, you know, to do anything other than trans. Like, why would I leave this house? Mm. I didn't even know anything was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. It was like, bro, like you literally just come home. Like, I got this, this theater yeah, room. I don't right, leave this right. theater room, right? So um, I didn't even know anything was wrong with me. So I think like those moments, being able to go from that to within three months, going to a baseball game, having a hot dog and a beer. Mm. Like that was big. I'm like, yo, I don't even like beer, but I'm gonna have a beer because I'm, I'm out. <laughs> baseball game. I went to a hockey. This was when I was in Boston. Like, yeah. you know, so I was there. I went to the Sox game. I went to the Bruins game. That's when they won the. Uh, Stanley Cup. The Stanley yeah. Cup, right? And so I went to a hockey game. I enjoyed that. It was things I would never do. Like, I was afraid to be around people, you know? It, you was, know, it was awkward, you know? But I get el- it now. Yeah. Something else that was going on during this time, 2011, 2012, was the introduction of social media. Mm. You know, Instagram starts coming online. Yeah. Facebook's Twitter, a big deal. Twitter, Twitter was big. starting to come. And now your life is such a big part. You know, social media is such a big part of your life. Yep. Uh, it, it's hard to imagine, you know, not being online. But how did social media, especially in those early years, how did that play into your your recovery and, yeah. and you, you starting to change your life around? Did that were you able to yeah. dabble at all into that? Did you have to stay completely away? Because that's I, a I was a I was a late adopter to all of that stuff, you know. So actually, you know, Facebook came out when we were in college, mm-hmm. and I was big, and uh, we got in the league, and it was the first time I was like, you know, someone said like, man, you know, they watch that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And then my buddy, we went, we you know, of course I was young, I was going out, and my buddies. We have. I would be drinking, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't. I would know back then. Like I'm not going to take a picture and have a. You don't think. You don't think you don't, that, that goes to it. Right. I know. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking through that back then, mm-hmm. but then there was like this one moment where I was with my my cousin and my brother, and they posted a picture, and it was, you know, on my page. It somehow came came up on my page, or so, I don't know how it was shared or whatever, and I just got off of Facebook. I was like, I don't want the I don't want the teams to see that, mm. right? Um, and then fast forward to Twitter and Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, all of that. Like, I was late adopters to that. So, I, well, I'm only on Instagram and barely on Twitter. But, I, I you know, I, I think I'm glad that I didn't have to deal with that in the prime of my career. Yeah. Like, I was just out there just posting whatever, you know, a game, an action shot or something like yeah. that. But now that's a huge thing that these – athletes have to navigate through yeah yeah you know? you've got to navigate how to how to handle that the right way because there's there's a an engagement that's great right that can yeah. build your brand like you talked right. about but then there's also engagement in and there's there's trolls out there man and all they're trying to do is trap you that's right and so just being able to navigate that and, and like you say keep your composure um all right i want to i want to move towards taking that now that we've heard your story a little background on okay how important it was to you just to be healthy as a human yeah. right all together now you you have a great career. Now you're transitioning out and you're figuring out, okay, hey, what's what's next for me? What am right. I going to do? Is it just going to be the foundation? Am I going to build a business? Like you said, I'm going to go make the money so that right. so that I can I can help people. Right. So you created it, while playing. You had a gym, right, in down in Miami. But then you had this vision to create something. Talk us through what House of Athlete is because right. I think that's where Sleep Number and House of Athlete, right? You have you have very similar goals. Yeah. And, and the idea of recovery, that Sleep Number is, is pouring tons of resources into to creating new science yeah. and new data. But talk us through House of Athlete, what right. you're doing there, um, and what the vision behind it is. Well, well, first, I want to say this to people listening, is like, sleep is critical for performance. Mm-hmm. And um, when we think about performance, we think about athletes, we think about entertainers, right? We think about theater. 
But performance, we, I'm talking about, you know, how do you perform as a husband? Mm-hmm. How do you perform as a father, an entrepreneur, a wife, you know, an at-home dad, at-home mom, a weekend warrior? Like, perf- we all perform every single day, and we need to take sleep serious, mm-hmm. right? There's so many people dumping a lot of resources and a lot of time trying to learn this. Like, do you understand what REM sleep is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you understand why that is important? You know, like when you sleep, there's so much happening. That's where you recharge, where you reset, where you're, where, where, you know, your, uh, your body's recovering physically, but also your brain, okay, that when you sleep and you hit REM sleep, now all the stuff that you need is processing through that and putting it where it needs to be stored and the stuff that you don't, like yeah. the crap that we, we, we carry every single day, that stuff is just being put in the waste machine. And so that's why sleep is important. That's why a lot of us, if you feel you got sleep, ap- sleep apnea, you know, loss of energy, um, you know, if, if you feel foggy, all you got to do is look, man, did I get, I probably got three, four hours of sleep last night. A lot of people think because we're in this grind time, like it's grind, 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 yeah, grind. Yeah. No, sleep is for losers. Exactly. <laughs> what? That's always been the mindset. <laughs> right, yeah. Huh? Like what? You don't sleep, man. You're supposed right. to just go all day long. It doesn't work that way. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't sleep. I sleep when I die. What? Yeah. Well, you're going to die faster <laughs> if you don't start sleeping more than four hours. The average American is sleeping like four hours. Yeah. And the crazy part is we think it's cool. Yep. So, you know, sleep is huge. Also, a big thing, and we've been talking about it already, is, is your, your mindset, is your mental health. I call it mental fitness. There's things that we can do and be proactive to, to perform better. We don't have to wait until we, we're dealing with a lot of stress or anxiety or depression. Like, there's things that we can do right now to take our performance to a whole nother level. So, for me, you know, the reason why I'm big on sleep is because of how, or, and then it's like how House of Athlete and everything came together. But House of Athlete, again, everything goes to mental health. Like, on Wednesdays, just how we train. How do we train in the offseason? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we recover. A lot of us jumped in the pool on Wednesday, and then we go Thursday, Friday, and sometimes we do something on Saturday. That's how we train in the NFL, right? That was the blueprint that was given to us. Like, you guys probably trained that way. way. The exact same way. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you take a day off and get in in a cold pool and recover. There you go. So, on Wednesdays at our facility, so we do – we are our, our pro athletes. They jump in the pool, but we also have mental health practitioners on site. We do group therapy. The same those groups that I talked about: mentalization, self-assessment, uh, cognitive behavior therapy. I do that on site at House of Athlete. Wow. Every Wednesday, you come and you see these groups. Why? Because it's it's whether you're dealing with impairment or not. It's it's man. It's so powerful being able to be connected to a group and just talk about like through self-assessment, right? Yeah. Hey, yeah. this is what's going on in my life today. Right. That's so powerful. So talk therapy is critical. Then also sleep. So when, like for the for the rest of my life, you know, that's like what I'm going to be preaching. Like that's my message. Mm-hmm. You know, all right. Like I, there's a lot of work I'm doing right now, like to get my team in the right shape. But like when you hear me talk, I don't care wherever panel I'm sitting on. You hear me talk about sleep. You gonna hear me talk about mental fitness. It's critical. It's the, it's the secret weapon. If you want to perform better. Some people just don't. They don't care. Right. Yeah. Right. That's OK. Right. That's OK. That's it's not OK. But. Listen, I'm not going to waste my time trying to convince you that you need to take care of yourself, right? Because there's, there's, there's 100 million people over here that is actually curious and want to learn. I'll right. spend my time over here yeah. teaching, right, and, and having conversations about why this stuff matters. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. right? So that's where I want to put my energy. You know what I love is it, we've interviewed over 100 people on this podcast. You know, we're, we're still fairly young and successful people in all walks of life. They've done everything. And it always comes back, and I say this every time, it always comes back to the service of others. Mm. Yeah. And everything you've dedicated your life to these last however many years mm. is serving other people, mm. teaching other people, bettering other. That's, that's entrepreneurship. You're finding problems, you're solving those problems for people. Right. You're not looking at yourself and thinking, how can I make all this money? Mm -hmm. You're thinking, how can I serve other people? Right. Mm -hmm. And I love that because, yeah. again, that's just another data point of why service is so important. So yeah. important. Shaq yeah. tweeted something this morning driving in. Tyler picked me up this morning. And I was on, you know, looking at Twitter. I wasn't listening to him. You know, <laughs> did he wear a black hat? No, Tyler. Tyler, Tyler, no, Tyler, Tyler was like a. If you with Tyler, he's always on these business calls. He's talking about <laughs> entrepreneurship and business. Yeah, he has so many dang on conference calls. Every stuff. time, every time he gets in the car, I just give right. him the finger like, yeah. "Shut up, get in the car, <laughs> right. get in the back, just shut up." I'm, I'm doing real things. Yeah. This is what real entrepreneurship right. looks like. This is what grown men are doing. This Uber driver looks like. Right, Mr. Businessman. So, anyways, I'm on Twitter, and then no, just Shaq just tweeted that today. It's not a big deal, but he's like, you do good, you get good. Yes. Right? And that's yeah. why you see Shaq, man. He's, he's, man. he's amazing. He's being blessed ten times. But you'll see him. He'll just be in Walmart and just go bless somebody. Yeah. yeah. Right? And and it's literally from his heart. Mm -hmm. And and now he, like, that's his brand now. Yeah. yeah. Like, think about that. He His brand is built, built off of being a good person. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's a good person. There's yeah. some people that are manipulative. Yeah. And they try to do it just for that reason. Mm -hmm. But, like, guys like that, man. You know, they're blessed 10 times, and you, you want things to show up in your life, then you need to do that in other people's lives. And, I, and that's it, man. And you talk about, we talked earlier about the hard times, and yeah. you're going through. It's Man, I, and maybe I'm just not a, maybe that's why I'm not the best fullback that's ever played in the NFL. <laughs> but, like, for me, it's the, the motivation, right? It was, I got I to gotta do this work now for the guy next to me. Yeah. I got to do this for him. And even in business, when you have motivation to serve other people, wow. that purpose is sustainable. If you're just ch if you're just chasing a check, right. you're like, yeah. eh, I'll take I'll take it. Like if I'm doing something for my kids, for my wife, for the community, right. it's like I can't not do this. Yeah. Right. Like right. that's the sustainable motivation, and that's where the purpose comes you, into I, it. Right. Sorry, I, you just said it though. We're all looking for purpose. Mm -hmm. right. Every one of everybody's like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm because you're looking your the wrong way. Your your yeah. your purpose is okay. It's an inward purpose, right? Absolutely. It's like, hey, how can I serve myself? Self. That's mm. where it starts. Right. That's right. That's, that's not that's not what we're looking no. for. Yeah, it's understanding your weaknesses and how you can improve your weaknesses. Because if you don't take care of self, if you took on a victim mentality, there's yep. no way you'd be sitting here Absolutely. this day, right? I, I so you serve self. And then outwardly, it just pours out. That's a huge point because that's what you had to do first. You had to take right. care of yourself. Yeah. You can't pour in other people until you take care that's of yourself. That's right. First. And that's big. Don't, don't, that's so big. Mm. Say that again. You can't take care of other people and take t until you take care of yourself. That's big. That's what man. you had to do. That's yeah. big. And there's some amazing people out there. You just need to take the time, you know, and whether it's three months like myself at McLean Hospital or if it's just going out on a long weekend. And just taking a deep breath and just regrouping. But you got to take mm -hmm. care of yourself first before you can start pouring into others. That's yeah. so big. Well, I love it. There's so many people, man, that uh, that I know that that are young people that that tune into the show right. all the time. Yeah. I mean, all the time. My, my son, God bless him. Yo, did you see what was on the show today? You guys need to get this guest. You need to have this topic. And, you know, I am athlete, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, it's it's refreshing to see you guys take on hot topics. Yes. Right. It's refreshing to see you run through the door. Like, you're not going to back down. You're going to go forward, man. And there's a lot of young kids, specifically kids of our color, mm -hmm. who are sitting here watching. Wow. 
And as as they watch and you know, they watch you knock down these doors, man, it's just impressive, man. Because we have to do our job, right, right. And our job is to serve and to give back. But just through your work and them actually seeing you do the work, right, that's the blessing, right, right. there, man. Yeah. It's that's a so huge good. blessing, bro. Man, I love it. And that's and that's what we need, yes. men in this country, right, men to to yep. look at themselves. All right, get yourself healthy, but right. be the example. That's don't right. don't go out there yelling, hollering. Go be the example. Go yeah. do it. Go execute. Right. Show the younger generation because we have a massive lack of leadership yeah. in this country. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Go be the leader by example. Yeah. Go right. serve somebody else. Brandon, and then, and everybody listening has just fell in love with you, just like I just did. Oh, that's We're awesome. Moment. We're having a moment right now. All right. Are you mad? Hey, do we transition, do we transition right, over to the spoon <laughs> session over here? Is that where we're going? Right, really spoon. Yeah, we got to let him go. We got to let him go. Well, yeah, and that's what I want to do. Everybody listening is like, how do I get more Brandon? How can people find you? Where can people find you? Oh, wow. Thank you. Um. YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, so all of our all of our uh, episodes and shows are on YouTube every Monday at noon. Uh, also on all audio platforms, mm-hmm. SiriusXM, Stitcher is our partner, but we're on all audio platforms. Really appreciate that. I also want to circle back to one thing we talked about, um, you know, purpose. A lot of times, right, because there's people out there, they're in their youth right now, mm-hmm. in their 20s, even hell, even in their 50s, right? And they're still trying to find their purpose. A lot of times you can find your purpose in your pain. Mm-hmm. Right? Where mm-hmm. where is the most toil in your life? You know, God could be calling you over there, right? So like, you know, searching your pain if you're trying to find your purpose. It's a it's a good place to start. It's not all it's not for everyone, but it's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I love that. I love that. So the other thing, House of Athlete, uh, in South Florida right now, Tampa, gonna be in Dallas soon. But this is this is a um this is a home for everybody, right? right? This is somewhere that everyone can come, uh, whether you're a professional athlete um, or, you know, you're, you know, a, Me. everyday mom, yeah, right? Yep, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Come because because what Brandon is doing is just building the whole person yeah, with this. Right. Um, so, man, I'm excited for that rollout as well. But, man, yeah, I am athlete and all the different, um, all the different, I can say, spinoffs off of that, <laughs> man, that you're doing, man. So fun to watch you. So fun to watch the impact that you're making, man. And on the kingdom, but but on, on this world, man, I, I really you, man. appreciate yeah. your courage, your bravery to go through it, man. And thanks for coming on today. Yeah. Appreciate it. This was awesome. It's over? Uh, no, we, we're spooning. We got to say time. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. You want to be the fourth host of the One yeah, Shot yeah. Podcast from now on? All right, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs>